Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host. My name is Brad, and I'm a beggar. I found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, and I'm telling others where this bread may be found, that they may walk in new life in him. This episode, Bring Me to Life. You can credit Evanescence for the title to this episode. Evanescence has been around since 1995, founded by vocalist Amy Lee and guitarist Ben Moody. They won a Grammy for their song, Bring Me to Life, which also featured one of my faves, Paul McCoy from 12 Stones, doing some vocal work on that track. Controversy around Evanescence started after their first album blew up. The album was initially sold in Christian bookstores, but... One of the band members used some salty language in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, and they were pulled from the shelves. Now, this seemed extreme to me, kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. And no, I don't think the person should use language like that, but it did not seem that there was an opportunity to clear the air or repent. Boom, they were gone and let the name of Evanescence be stricken from the records and never be spoken again. I guess part of my misgivings about the handling of this situation is because when I was working in Christian radio years ago, there was a very popular male solo artist who was touring with a group consisting of two married couples. I'm intentionally not naming names. The male artist and the wife of one of the other group members committed adultery, and she bore a child as a result. Their music stayed on the shelves. So, yeah, there's some inconsistency. (laughs) One person said a profane word, which, as I said, that's wrong. The other two committed adultery. And it just seems to me like if anyone's music should have got yanked, well, anyway, you get my point. Either way, it's not about the music or the censorship. It's about the message. Bring me to life. We are already to the fifth installment of our study series in the elementary teachings of Messiah, which are identified in Hebrews chapter 6. So for review, I will read Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, leaving the basic teaching of the Messiah, let us move on toward maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of trusting God and of teaching about immersions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now this we will do if God permits. These six teachings, according to the writer of Hebrews, are the baby food milk of followers of Messiah Yeshua. For full context, please read chapter 5 and more of chapter 6. I just wanted to recap the six basic teachings, the basic foundational teachings and doctrines that every follower of Yeshua should have a firm grasp on and practice in their everyday lives. To recap, in the ABC episode, we looked at repentance from dead works, which is repentance from sin in the name of Yeshua. Remember, for centuries, sacrificial offerings have been made as a part of repentance from sin. Hashem offered the spotless Lamb of God as the atoning sacrifice one time for all. So repentance of sin in the name of Yeshua is a key element of the faith. It's the initial step into the faith. In the Don't Stop Believing episode, we looked at trust in God, 
which is exercising the fear of the Lord in the name of Yeshua, recognizing God rewards righteousness and punishes sin, and that he is faithful and true to his promises, including those of the redemption of Israel and the nations. In the To the River episode, we looked at the necessary instruction and teaching one needs prior to being immersed, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then in the Lay Your Hands on Me episode, we looked at the basic teaching of laying on of hands, which should occur immediately following water baptism, a laying on of hands by the elders, bestowing blessing, identifying that person as a representative of Messiah Yeshua and their fellowship, commissioning him or her to be a disciple, to serve the Lord, and investing the Holy Spirit into the baptized individual. And in the fifth episode of this series, we are going to take a look at Resurrection of the Dead. Here again, for many years, I assumed this simply referred to believing God the Father raised Yeshua from the dead. I mean, you got to believe that, right? That is very basic. And I will say that there was a brief time when I thought this meant I should be practicing resurrecting people from the dead. Like, I should show up at funerals and grab the deceased by the hand and help them step out of the coffin. I was attending a very charismatic church at the time. So I thought this might be a thing, man. I wondered when I was going to get to use that gift. After a brief time, I just accepted that this is talking about King Messiah Yeshua being raised from the dead and left it at that. What I have learned is there is more to this elementary teaching than Yeshua's resurrection. Of course, his is the key element to resurrection of the dead, but there is more to the story. Resurrection of the dead really goes against conventional wisdom. It goes against medical science and even pretty much every other religious faith. The resurrection of the dead is a key element of Judaism. This is also a point of great contention among some Jews. As you probably recall or are aware, we read in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament writings of the Pharisees who believe in the resurrection and the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Maimonides was an 11th century Jewish philosopher, and he wrote 13 principles of Judaism, which really is similar to the Apostles' Creeds or even the six basic teachings of Messiah we're going through right now. Maimonides said, one could not call themselves a Jew if they did not adhere to these 13 principles. And he goes through his list, and the 13th principle is this. I believe by complete faith that there will be a resurrection of the dead at the time that will be pleasing before the creator. Blessed be his name and the remembrance of him will be exalted forever and for all eternity. It's a part of the faith and it goes back to the beginning of the faith. Remember when Abraham offered up his son Isaac to be a sacrifice to Adonai? The Lord called him to do this, and so he was, he was being faithful. He was obeying. So 
it was through Isaac that the promise of many nations was to come. So what if that angel didn't stop Abraham? Let's take a look in Hebrews chapter 11 and see what it says about this event. Hebrews eleven seventeen, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Yes, he who had received the promises was offering up his one and only son, the one about whom it was said, through Isaac, offspring shall be named for you. He reasoned that it was that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. And in a sense, he did receive him back from there. Abraham believed Adonai would raise Isaac from the dead. Now, we have no written record of Adonai doing this prior to this account. Abraham believed Hashem would do this to fulfill the promise made to him by the Lord. So, what is resurrection? Real simply, it's when a person physically expires, and sometime after that, they are raised again to live. Now, I believe there is a distinction between resuscitation and resurrection. Resuscitation happens somewhat often. In a hospital room, a person flatlines and whether the paddles are brought out or some other medical technology or someone lays hands and prays for the person and they are brought back to life. A person who has been resuscitated will die again. Their body will at some point in the future expire once more. The people that we read of in scripture, uh, Elijah and Elisha, they raised people from the dead. Even the, the young girl and boy and Lazarus, whom Yeshua raised from the dead, all of them eventually died again. They were resuscitated. Yeshua was resurrected. So what's the difference? Let's take a look at Romans chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. We know that Messiah, having been raised from the dead, no longer dies. Death no longer is master over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Yeshua will never die again. Death no longer is master over him. And when Yeshua ascended to the Father, he ascended bodily. Believing King Messiah has been resurrected is a key to the faith of Messianic Judaism, which I believe is the true definition or right name of Christianity. As I've said before, this faith began as a sect of Judaism. But the resurrection of the dead is a core belief without which you are not of the faith. It is true of Judaism, as Maimonides declares, and I would say even more so of Messianic Judaism or Christianity, because we are following and believing the risen Savior, the Lamb who was slain and was raised again. And so if you do not believe in the resurrection of the dead, you cannot be a follower of this faith. And it's written in the, the early church writings as well. It's in the catechism. It's in the, even the apostles' creeds about resurrection of the dead. And nowadays, many churches 
soften their pitch on this. They speak of resurrection metaphorically. Even Yeshua's resurrection, they speak of metaphorically or symbolically, that it was a spiritual thing, according to a lot of churches nowadays, because they have a hard time defending it. And so since they, they aren't well-equipped to have the conversation, they just soften the pitch on it and... And they just, they just say, well, you know, it was more of a spiritual thing. The scriptures speak of a bodily resurrection. Many rabbis and sages also say the prophets were speaking metaphorically about, about such things. And they even say that, that the son of David and many other messianic prophecies are symbolic or metaphoric. And many of those prophecies... Adonai has already physically, literally fulfilled through Yeshua. So there has been a resurrection, historically verified, that of Yeshua. And there is a coming resurrection. Actually, two. Our physical bodies will be resurrected. Yes, in glorified form, it will be our bodies. Now, if you remember, there were two disciples whom Yeshua, Yeshua presented himself to after his resurrection. And they, at first, they didn't recognize him because of his form. He didn't look like he did before. He was in glorified body. However, the other disciples, when they looked upon him, they saw the nail prints in his hand and the hole in his side. All of them saw those identifying marks, not just Thomas. So just back off Thomas a little bit, okay? I mean, really, let's drop the doubting Thomas, all right? Anyway, the holes from crucifixion were identifying marks that they were seeing Yeshua resurrected. And I believe when we are resurrected, it will be in glorified form, but it will be our bodies, which we have now just in a glorified form. But there will be some identifying mark so that we will be recognizable to others. This is what I believe. Now, there, there are some who wonder and question of the condition of our resurrected bodies. Well, we have the injuries we had at the time of our death as the, the nail prints and the hole were visible in Yeshua's glorified body. And what of those who have been beheaded for their faith? Or what if someone was burned to death? What if they stepped on a landmine in a war? Starting in the second century, when persecution of Jews and Christians was on the rise, and some of those who tortured and executed believers, they would intentionally burn bodies to piles of ashes and then sweep them into rivers, assuming there's no way they'll be born again. Those bodies cannot be resurrected. It's a medical and scientific impossibility. We need to remember from whence we came. Adonai Elohim created man from what? The dust of the earth. Also a medical and scientific impossibility. Adonai is not limited by our equations. He created man from the dust of the earth. He knows every hair on our head. Can he not collect the dust from which we were made and bring us to life again? 
Of course he can. So no, I do not think that if someone was decapitated in a car accident at their death, that they will be resurrected to ride around Sleepy Hollow style with a jack-o'-lantern. As I said, one of the big differences between Judaism, Christianity, and most other religions is the resurrection of the dead. Most pagan religions including the Gnostics, believe after the body dies, the disembodied spirit of the individual floats around, like somewhere, in another dimension or location, something. But it's just the spirit floating, flitting, or flying around ghostly. And that's it. And this has crept into Christianity as well. And that's where the influence of the idea that when one dies, they go to heaven and float around for eternity, their disembodied spirit in the presence of Hashem. I do not believe that this is what careful study of the scriptures reveals. And Lord willing, we will take a deeper look at that in a future episode. For right now, let's stay focused on the resurrection of the dead and the fact that this does not only apply to the resurrection of Yeshua. The resurrection is a coming event. As I said, there will be two according to scripture. So let's get some scripture to see what God's word says about resurrection. Let's begin in Matthew 22, verse 23. On that day, Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Yeshua and questioned him, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If someone dies having no children, his brother, as next of kin, shall marry his widow and father children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. And in the same way also, the second and the third, down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. So in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. But answering, Yeshua said to them, You've gone astray, because you don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection... They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. So we see here the Sadducees attempting to debunk the common belief of the resurrection with their tricky, tricky question. They refer to in the resurrection. Yeshua tells them they don't understand the scripture or the power of God. He then says in the resurrection They will neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Well, see, Brad, it says there, we'll we'll be angels in heaven. My grandma's an angel in heaven right now. No, nope, nuh-uh. In the resurrection, there won't be marriage or giving in marriage. You know why? There will not be any procreation. There won't be any fruitful multiplication even as the angels do not procreate. But we see references to the resurrection. Again, an event that is to come. Yeshua spoke of the resurrection. In John 11, where we read of Lazarus' death, Martha approaches Yeshua saying, if he had been there, Lazarus would have lived. Yeshua said to her, this is in verse 23 of John 11, Yeshua said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, 
I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, if he dies, shall live. Martha supposes that Yeshua is trying to comfort her, that her brother will be raised in the resurrection. But of course, that's not what Yeshua is doing here. He prayed to the Father, saying, He said these things so the people might believe. And he called Lazarus out of the grave to show he has power over death. And again, we see here, Martha references in the resurrection. And Yeshua says, I am the resurrection and the life. Because it will be when he returns to establish his kingdom that the resurrection will occur. He is the resurrection and the life. And again, we do see the, a reference, Martha's reference to in the resurrection, not the rapture. Sorry, LaHaye and Jenkins. So let's talk about the resurrection. What did Yeshua say about it? John chapter 5, starting at verse 25. Amen, amen. I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of Ben Elohim, the Son of God. Those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Also, he has given the Son authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. So this is the first resurrection, also called the resurrection of the righteous. Of this we read in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, Blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection. We read, those who hear him will live. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Those who hear will hear his voice and be resurrected at the first resurrection. The implication is that there are those who will not hear him and will not be raised. Let's read a little further. Do not be amazed at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. This is speaking of the second resurrection, or what is called the general resurrection. We see at this time, all who remain in their graves, all who are in their graves, will hear his voice. The first resurrection he calls his followers. And they respond to his voice. In the second, he wakes all the dead and they all respond at his call. This happens at the culmination or the completion of the thousand year reign of Messiah with those in the first resurrection. Revelation breaks it down um, in Revelation chapter 20. And from the end of verse 4 into verse 5, we read, They had not worshipped the beast or his image, nor had they received his mark on their forehead or on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with the Messiah for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. So we see two resurrections. The second resurrection signifies the day of eternal judgment. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, we read, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. This is the resurrection. 
He's referring to resurrection here, bodily resurrection. So we are absolutely talking about an actual physical resurrection of our bodies to reign in his kingdom, which will be on earth. Keep in mind, we pray for this frequently. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May it come quickly and in our days. Amen. The Pharisees and Sadducees had their ongoing arguments about the resurrection and Hashem chose to weigh in on the debate, raising Yeshua from the dead and death can no longer harm him. The apostles did not preach the crucifixion and burial of Yeshua, who was then raised to heaven. No, they preached Messiah lives. He was raised from the dead. The empty tomb was not empty because Yeshua's body rapidly decomposed and his spirit went to heaven. The tomb is empty because he walked out. His body raised up and walked out. This is not metaphorical. This is not symbolic language. Let's learn how to live a resurrection life today. No, you circus clown. You know when we will live the resurrection life? At the resurrection in the messianic kingdom. I love what the apostle Paul did when he was on trial. He noticed that his jury was comprised of Pharisees and Sadducees. So he insists, I'm on trial because of the resurrection of the dead which he was, he was on trial about the resurrection of Messiah. But he just drops that little bomb in court and the Pharisees and Sadducees start going at each other about it. And there's a hung jury. Have a nice day. That was straight up genius level right there. And then Paul, yeah, he walks out, goes back to preaching Yeshua and him crucified and resurrected. Well played, Shaul, well played. All right, let's go on to 1 Corinthians 15, an amazing chapter, heavily focused on the resurrection of the dead. Let's start at verses 13 through 15. Now, if Messiah is proclaimed that he has been raised from the dead, how can some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Messiah has been raised. Paul is saying, belief in the resurrection of the dead is a must. Otherwise, not even Messiah is raised. If there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Messiah has been raised. You've got, you've got one. You've got, to believe it. you've got to believe the whole thing to believe it about the one. And if Messiah has not been raised, then our proclaiming is meaningless This is Paul going on. Our proclaiming is meaningless and your faith is also meaningless. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses of God because we testified about God that he raised up Messiah, whom he did did not raise up if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Messiah has been raised. And if Messiah has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Messiah have perished. If we have hoped in Messiah in this life alone, we are to be pitied more than all. If there is no resurrection, we are the most pitiful people ever. 
the Apostle Paul says. He continues in verse 20. But now Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits, people, that's the first. He's the initial. There is more to come is what this is saying. Verse 21, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man. For as in Adam all die, so also in Messiah will all be made alive, but each in its own order. Messiah, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Messiah. Let's jump down to verse 35 to clear up the thoughts of what our bodies will look like. Verse 35, but someone will say, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. As for what you sow, you are not sowing the body that will be, but a bare seed, maybe of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body just as he planned, and to each of the seeds a body of its own. We see our bodies are seeds which will be planted. God will bring them forth, giving the resurrected body. And this, the belief in the resurrection, is a, a, an important part of why in Judaism they do not they do not cremate. I mean, they prepare bodies. They they are there's washings and they do they do a lot to care for the body because that body is holy. It's set apart because there will come a time when it will be resurrected. Um, now let's jump to First Thessalonians four, starting at verse thirteen. Now we do not want to be. Uninform we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, so with him God will also bring those who have fallen asleep in Yeshua. For this we tell you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the blast of God's shofar, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive who are left behind will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. So this is not a rapture to heaven. Please check out the gone away uh, episode. Check that out. If you want more um, information, scriptural background on the resurrection versus rapture, because this is not talking about a rapture to heaven where disembodied spirits float around. No, these are bodily resurrections. This is a bodily resurrection to dwell in the kingdom of the Messiah with the Messiah on the earth. This is Messiah gathering all the scattered exiles and bringing them home to Jerusalem where he will reign and we will reign with him for a thousand years. The Jew and the grafted in Gentile. Hallelujah. The apostles even write that heaven and earth will experience a resurrection. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. It is an essential elementary doctrine of Yeshua, the resurrection of the dead. 
As Maimonides said, you cannot be a Jew if you do not believe in the resurrection. It is absolutely true that you cannot be or call yourself a follower of Yeshua, a follower of Messianic Judaism, Christianity, if you do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. The tomb is still empty. And he will return to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Repent. The kingdom is at hand. Please study to show yourself approved of God. Dig into the scriptures. Study these things out. I hope that this study series is, uh, is blessing you, this particular study as well as the whole series. I, I hope that you're being blessed by this and perhaps that it's challenging you and causing you to dig and study, study the word of God. Share them with folks that you believe will be encouraged by them or with folks you believe really need to hear them. Just share. I'm just a beggar. I found bread the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua. And if you too have found the bread of life, well, let's let others know where to find it. Let's go out and give them heaven. Shalom.